Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. Hello, friends. It is me, Emily, coming to you live from my bedroom floor once again. Um, my office, I don't know whether to call it a remodel or really what the right word would be for me to be like putting my office together in my new house. It's not going as smoothly as I would have hoped. Um, right now, we're on like a little bit of a stall because I'm to be honest, being a little lazy about taking apart the table that I use as a desk to be able to wiggle it into the new room that's going to be my office. I really don't have the energy to disassemble it and then reassemble it. So I have been working out of my bedroom and my kitchen for now. And that's where we are. So coming to you live from my bedroom floor. Samson is in the room with me. He is burping really loudly but laying on my bed so if you hear any random dog noises in the background he says hello we hope you're having a wonderful day it is tuesday when i'm recording this so um happy tuesday happy whatever day of the week it is for you when you're listening to this topic of the day performance training i am performing which saying those words out loud is um, kind of terrifying. I have performed twice previously in my life. I don't um, particularly enjoy it, or I haven't particularly enjoyed it in the past. Let me say that. I'm trying to shift my mindset around it. I've been feeling like my pole journey has been somewhat stagnant for a while and I'm trying to find a way to inject some energy into it and I thought that signing up for a couple different performances would um, kind of stretch my comfort zones a little bit and then force me to um, and then I just went not just like fuck around as much like more show up to training sessions with a goal in mind as opposed to just the forever you know I'm here going through the motions um, kind of thing that for me tends to happen when you just go to the same classes over and over week by week. So two shows coming up. One is the second week of September. I believe it's the ninth. Probably should figure that out. Um, Boise, where I live, is doing Pride a little bit late this year because I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny, but they decided to push it from June to September with the the goal of um, COVID being under control a little bit more, but it's not. So hopefully it'll still happen, but that one's coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, that one's going to be pretty low-key. It's at a, a bar. I've never been to this bar, um, but it'd be at a bar on a stage pole. It's um, Siren and goddess-themed, which made me super excited because one of the previous times that I have performed, um, the song that I performed to is actually called Siren and is about like luring men to their death, um, which is what sirens do. And yeah, so I'm just going to pull, um, I'm going to use that song and then just pull some pieces from that routine. It's been a few years since I've done it, but I have a video, a video of it. So I'm just going to rewatch it and pull some pieces that I like from that one. And then the second 
more intense one is the end of October-ish. Um, this one I'm super, super nervous for, but also super excited for. It is at one of the studios that I train at because I train at two different studios. And it is like kind of Clue, like the, the board game Clue, not the same characters, but like I'll have a murder weapon and I have a character and someone's going to get murdered. Maybe I'm the murderer. Maybe I'm not. Um, and so that one's been, yeah, super super interesting to try and put um, some choreo together because for uh, like a little bit of a spoiler, as of right now, for the first half of my piece, I will be in a pencil skirt and a suit jacket. And if you pull dance, you, you know that um, having like grip is important. And so having um, yeah, like a, a full suit jacket on. I wore this suit jacket to my brother's wedding uh, when I was in his wedding. Um, has been super, super interesting to try and figure out like what can I do? Like what do I have the mobility to do and what do I feel safe doing while in a skirt and a suit jacket? So that's been um, definitely testing my my pole dancing abilities, but it's been super fun um, to like once I like I said at the beginning of this podcast to like kind of get out of my my normal comfort zone and like kind of stretch myself as a dancer. So hopefully one or both of those will be recorded and I'll share pieces of um, the choreo on my Instagram. I've been sharing some of my training sessions already. So if you don't follow me on Instagram do if you want um my instagram handle is at dr dot emily roush so um first and last name and i'll link it in the the show description if you you want to give me a follow it's super fun um but on top of just like telling you about things that are going on in my personal life i wanted to talk about the difference between performance training and just like regular training as i'm sure if anyone has performed, you realize that like when you're just like quote unquote normally training, like, you know, maybe you have a few classes that you normally go to, you're not super stressed, hopefully about um, going to class or any of the things that you're doing while in class um, or during your training session if you don't, if you don't go to class. But when you're training for a competition or a performance, at least from my perception, you go into it with a slightly different mindset because you're not just there to like get a workout or um, like you know move your body for fun, hang out with your friends. This is like putting um, like a piece together that has to look good, that has to, uh, to flow well. What's your face doing? What's your hands doing? Are you showing up? Do you have stage presen- presence? All of that good jazz. And then from a body perspective, you have a tendency to do the same motions over and over and over again, right? Like as you're refining your choreography, um, you're not having that movement variability that you would normally have when you're just doing like your regular training. You're, you're running those, those same movement patterns over and over again, trying to make them be as quote unquote perfect as they possibly can be. So... A lot of times this can lead to people having um, some aches and pains because they're, one, their body's not used to doing that same movement pattern that many times. Um, And then if we're not taking the time outside of our normal like prep um, competition, 
performance prep time to move our bodies in other ways. Um, we can just get in some, I don't say like bad habits, but like it's kind of like anything that's repetitive, right? Like running, you know, if you're running and running and running, um, very strongly, I believe a lot of the reason that runners end up being injured as frequently as they do is because they just do the same movement pattern over and over and over again and don't ever get out of that like one plane of motion, that same like stepping thing. So that can happen with pole dancers or any other artistic athlete as well. So having some movement variability built into your training sessions and then like both in studio and outside of the studio can be incredibly beneficial. So when it, you're shifting over from regular training to competition training, um, here are some things that I recommend that you start to pay attention to, if not pay attention to more than you already are. Um, first one, sleep. Sleep is literally like queen of all body things. And a lot of us really struggle with sleep. Um, I'm one of them. I have a really hard time both falling asleep and staying asleep, but it's really how our body and our brain recovers from what we put it through throughout the day. So it gives our brain a time to like take our experiences and turn them into to memories and like form some new synapses, which are like the your neurons in your brain like talking to each other. And then um, your muscles recover, your tendons recover, your ligaments. All of those things, your bones adapt from the load that you place on them. The sleep is super important. And if you're not getting restful sleeps, you're not getting that like enough REM sleep and non-REM sleep and getting your the cycles that you need, you're interrupting that healing process. So making sure that you're getting seven to nine hours of good quality sleep is so important. It's so important just in general for life, but it's especially important if you are performing or competing in something. So abstract, get get good sleep. That sounds really great. How you can work on this is have a very strict set bedtime and wake up time. And then it also is really helpful for a lot of people to have a nighttime routine and then a morning routine so that your body is very used to what you're asking it to do. Can be quite challenging, not going to lie. Um, I struggle at both, <laughs> um, but like not having your phone with you in bed, not having anything that's distracting that's going to keep you awake, not being on your phone first thing in the morning, um, having some sort of like mindfulness, vision planning um, in the morning can be really helpful, kind of like set your day. But a long story short, basically, get good sleep by having a, a good bedtime and morning routine. Second thing in the hierarchy of... Um, performance training. Most of these are actually like recovery tactics um, that impact your performance training. So if you don't have these figured out, your body's ability to show up for your training is going to be decreased. So starting with these and then working on perfecting your choreography tends to go better than like working on perfecting your choreography and then being like, ah, shnikes, I need to like make sure that I'm actually recovering. So that's how I'm approaching my training for this is like making sure that I'm recovering well and all of my recovery tactics are set up really well. And then that will set me up for better training sessions during the waking time. So nutrition is next. Nutrition is such a spicy, spicy topic because everybody and their mother has an opinion about what you should or shouldn't be eating, how much you should be eating. Diet culture is a thing 
it's a it's a thing. Um, but there are what's a nice way to say this? There's no way around it that what we put into our body for fuel impacts how we're able to perform. And so if you are not fueling your body appropriately for what you're asking it to do, both in like number of calories and then types of macronutrients that you're eating, so like carbohydrates, protein, fats, you your performance is going to be impacted. It can be impacted in a positive manner if you are making sure that you're getting enough calories and all of the nutrients that you need, or it can be impacted in a negative manner if you're not eating enough or not eating enough of a, cer- a certain um, macronutrient. So nutrition is something that, like sleep, a lot of people struggle with. Um, I think I've shared on here that I have uh, an interesting background with um, food, which I'm not alone in this. I am in recovery from an eating disorder. I had a pretty, I'm going to say like severe-ish eating disorder for um, like on and off for a significant portion of my youth and have went through um, some pretty intensive therapy to recover from it. And I say recover from it because I don't really know if you ever are like 100% recovered from it, my own personal opinion. Um, Definitely doing a lot better, but it's still something that um, like I need to be aware of. And depending upon what's going on in my life can be um, really easy for me to fall back into some not so great habits um, around food. So making sure that that is locked down. Once again, if you follow me on Instagram, which if you don't, you should. Um, my freebie, I just updated it today actually, is around sports nutrition for pole dancers. So um, go to my Instagram, click the link in bio. Oh man, I sound so fancy. Um, give me your email and I will send you that. It's like a 10 page um, document on nutrition that I made and it's pretty helpful. Um, next up on the recovery let's call it a pyramid because I like triangles, um, is hydration. Hydration and nutrition, I feel like kind of intermingle because you, if you eat like watery foods, you are getting some hydration, but making sure that you stay hydrated. It is baffling to me how many people that I chat with, um, that don't drink water. I shouldn't laugh. Um, but it's the number of conversations that I've had about Um, water with people to be like, hey, how much water do you drink? And they'll be like, oh my God, I drink so much water. And I'm like immediately assuming that they're drinking, you know, close to the recommended amount, which is like half your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh a hundred pounds, you need to drink like 50 ounces of water a day. And then they'll come back and tell me, oh, I drink two glasses of water a day. And I'm like, that is not a lot of water. You need to significantly increase that. Um, And it will, like our brain is like 70% water, body is like 60-ish percent water. Um, so being dehydrated has a lot of a lot of really bad um, side effects on your entire body. So staying hydrated is important. Um, also, if you're a super sweaty person or you're sweating a lot with training, making sure that you're getting enough electrolytes. So um, like salt, potassium, magnesium, those types of types of things. Um, can also be really helpful. There are a bajillion different kinds of commercial electrolytes that you can buy. You can drink um, coconut water. If you like coconut water, you can add a little bit of salt to it. 
if it's not, I don't think coconut water has salt. So maybe look at that before you, before you do it. But I'm pretty sure that's what you need to add to, to coconut water to have it be a complete electrolyte. Um, I really like noon tablets and U U N. Um, they're fizzy. I like fizzy things. I actually really like drinking pop. So I will drink, um, drink a noon when I'm like having that like pop craving to try and decrease the amount of pop that I'm drinking throughout the day. Um, liquid IV is another really popular one that I see a lot of people drinking. Um, I've only tried that once and I feel like I tried the guava flavor and it was more salty than I was expecting. Like it was like kind of drinking like guava flavored salt water. And to be honest, I don't really know how I feel about it. I don't know if it was just the guava flavor that I was like, this is not for me. Um, so I'm not saying I don't like it at all, but I'm going to try another flavor before I like give it my official like stamp of approval or disapproval. Next up on the Oh, sorry, I didn't say how much water you should be drinking. I don't think half your body weight in ounces if I didn't say that. So make sure you're between like the watery foods that you're eating and then your actual water intake that you're getting that. And then if you're sweating more, sweating a lot, drink more so that you are not being dehydrated. Really the only way to make sure that you're replenishing what you lost, and I'm not a fan of this, but this is what happens um, in like professional events, is that you will be weighed before you workout and then you'll be weighed after you work out and um they're assuming I think that you didn't eat anything but whatever weight you lost you lost in water like from from sweating out I'm not a huge fan of weighing myself in general so um I don't personally do that but I I believe that's like the official way of telling how much um how much you've sweat and how much you need to like replenish your hydration Next up on the recovery checklist is stress management. So deciding that you're going to perform or compete can be stressful. I know there's a lot of people that find a lot of joy in it, but it can still be, um, it can be good stress. It can be bad stress. It's still an additional thing to your body. Um, So making sure that if you're adding something to your plate, that you're not tipping yourself into that like overextend position. So that's step one. And then once you've already added it to your plate, making sure that you're finding time to like disconnect, um, work on some like mental health things, whether that be like talking to a therapist or journaling, meditating, things like that throughout the day to um, bring your stress to a manageable level. And then we kind of touched on the last one a little bit already, but this is the one that um, I like to help people with the most, um, personally. So movement variability. And so like we chatted about a little bit earlier, making sure that you are moving your body in different ways beyond what you're doing in your piece. And from experience, I have planned or what would be the right word? Sorry. Um, prepared for a, show without doing any extra training. I wasn't doing any cross training. I wasn't doing any, um, really anything different besides just running my piece over and over and over again. And let me tell you, my body hurt. This was before I knew all the things that I know now about the body. And I feel like it's something that is, isn't uncommon when you're 
a beginning performer that you're like, I'm just going to go to the studio and I'm going to just like do my piece like over and over again or like figure out my piece and like put things together. You need, your body needs variability. Your body craves variability, which is why I am like for always just yelling to the universe that pole dancers like need to cross train. They need to strength train. They need to, to stretch. They need to work on their passive and active flexibility. But when you're performing or planning on performing or comp- competing, making sure that this is built into your training plan is so important. It's so easy to get just like tunnel vision focused on putting the piece together and it can be overwhelming if it's something that doesn't come easy to you. But putting in your cross training into your daily plan and then adding in your performance training, competition training on top of it. So um, if we're doing a calendar, we would start with like making sure that our sleep schedule's in, making sure that we have lunches and dinners and snacks scheduled in, and then obviously buying the food so that you have food to eat for it, along with um, making sure that you're drinking water throughout the day, putting in time, like hard stop times where like I'm not training after this time. I'm not working after this time. Uh, And then I would put in your cross training blocks. And then I would put in your performance training times. So for my week, this week, and since I, my schedule changes week to week, because I see people both in person and online. And um, like a little bit, I'm at the mercy of when people schedule, but I automatically plan two rest days every single day um, throughout the week. And then I put in my two lifting days, sometimes three lifting days, depending upon um, how I'm feeling, and then a stretch day. And then we'll put in blocks of like actual training time to make sure that I like obviously train, but we, we build from like the recovery point to the performance point as opposed to starting with when am I going to train for my performance piece and then when am I going to recover. Tends to go better for everyone if you start with taking care of your body first and then adding on the fun, the fun things that we like to do with our bodies afterwards. So that is all I have for today's podcast or this week's podcast. I hope it was helpful um, and that you learned something. If you have any questions about anything that we went over or you're a pole dancer that is listening to this and is in a similar situation where you're prepping for a performance or a competition and find all of the things that you need to do to keep your body happy and healthy um, incredibly overwhelming, or if you're frustrated with your lack of progress and ache and pain that you can't quite seem to get over, I do online coaching with pole dancers all around the world, and I am more than happy to see if us working together makes sense for what you have going on. If you happen to live in the Treasure Valley area of Idaho, so like Boise, Meridian Eagle area, and are looking for a provider that specializes in circus and aerial artists, my clinic is called Empowered Movement Chiropractic, and I work out of Garden City, and I specialize in working with circus and aerial athletes, so if you're having any aches and pains, body issues that you would rather see a person 
in person for, um, please feel free to reach out. And on that note, I will let you all go. I hope you have a wonderful week, a wonderful day, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.